Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. everybody another Alcatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer a great show for you tonight craft beer guest that's going to be joining me this hour as well news and notes to get to but first how can you follow me very easy on twitter at Alcatulo, instagram at Catulo. that's g-a-double-t-u-double-l-o remember two t's two l's in Catulo. facebook.com slash ag craft beer cast via email at albert g at nycradio.com and don't forget itunes and google play I always seem to want to make them uh, an amalgam. I play in Google Tunes. I, see, I play in Google Tunes. I just did it. <laughs> iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can find all the shows on those two platforms. My guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Sean Torres. He's one of the co-owners of Killsborough Brewing, which is located just off of Van Duzer Street on Staten Island, which happens to be the borough that I grew up in. That'll be coming up in just about 20 minutes from now. All right, so let's get into some uh, news and notes. There is a lot of stuff going on uh, over the last several weeks that has been happening. Uh, you know, full disclosure, the last week's show was taped very early in the week uh, because I had some days off coming, and of course with the Labor Day weekend. So there's a lot of stuff going on. We talked about a lot of different festivals uh, that are going on in and around uh, New Jersey. Another big one that is coming up next Sunday that I really encourage you, if you're looking to be a part of something and donate uh, money and time to a good cause, uh, this is an event to benefit the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. We've talked about it. It's Sunday, September 23rd. Um, this uh, event starts at 2 p.m. at Manskirt Brewing, which is in Hackettstown, New Jersey, on 144 Main Street. And then you're going to go over to Chigmeister Brewing, uh, a tenth of a mile down the street at 106 Valentine Street in Hackettstown at approximately 3.30 p.m. They, they're calling it a race. It's more of a walk. Um, there's a craft beer in both places, obviously, with a donation of 20 bucks. You get a commemorative pint glass. Craft beers will be available for purchase at both breweries, and donations, of course, will be accepted on the day of the event, which is next Sunday, uh, September 23rd. And a dollar for every beer or flight sold will go directly to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, uh, thanks to the generosity of both brewers. They're going to be holding a contest for the most spirited racer, and the guest who shows the most passion for finding a cure for MS will win a special prize, uh, Bring Your Love of uh, the Color Orange, uh, and your A-game to this. Again, it's going to start at 2 o'clock at Manskirt Brewing, Sunday, September 23rd, and then it moves over to Chigmeister Brewing at around 3.30 in the afternoon. And again, donation of 20 bucks, You get a commemorative pint glass. Craft beers will be available for purchase in both places, and a dollar for every beer or flight sold goes directly 
to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, uh, thanks to the generation uh, gener- generosity, excuse me, of both Manskirt and Chigmeister Brewing. So, if you're looking to do something fun next Sunday, uh, I would encourage you uh, to do that. Now, we talked about Weyerbacher and their uh, third annual home brewing contest at the Tap Room. Uh, this is Saturday, November 10th, from two to five thirty p.m. Uh, going to have a panel of judges. They're going to have music. They're going to have tons of food. Uh, the judging starts at one thirty in the afternoon. Setup is at one o'clock. It's open to the public uh, from 2 to 5.30 p.m., and then the first 20 entries will be selected to compete. Limit of two beers per entry will be accepted. So don't go nuts brewing four or five different beers. Two beers, you take care of business. Go to wirebockertaproom.com slash homebroom-contest for more information on that. Founders Brewing, uh, they have announced that um, in the Mothership Series Donkey Stout, the MF Donkey Stout, as their third release in the Mothership Series, um, this is usually uh, only available during their black party, but this is the March the first time the Taproom uh, tap exclusive is being bottled. This is the third release uh, in the Mothership series. Uh, this is brewed with uh, locally roasted uh, McKinnick, uh, Mechanic? Mechanic? I think it's McKinnick fudge coffee. Uh, it's a stout bold with just a hint of sweetness. It'll be available exclusively in their Detroit and Grand Rapids tap rooms in six packs and bottles. Uh, six-pack bottles, and on draft beginning on September 28th. Uh, this is a suggested retail, a retail price of $12 a six-pack. It is a 6.4% ABV, uh, 55 IBUs. Uh, so this is definitely something that you want to check out. But you can only get it in the tap rooms of both the Detroit and Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, Founders Brewing. It will not be available uh, for purchase elsewhere, you can purchase it there, obviously, a six-pack of it. Uh, and again, $12 for the six-pack. Of course, you can get it on tap there. That starts on September 28th. Heavy Seas coming back. They, they now have their um, their Imperial Pumpkin Ale, which is aged in bourbon barrels, the Greater Pumpkin. Uh, this is a limited release. It's available now. It's in all states where Heavy Seas beers are, are distributed. And, of course, they're coming in four packs of 12-ounce bottles. No longer are they going to be in that 22-ounce bomber bottle. They've shortened it down to a 12-pack, uh, excuse me, a four-pack, excuse me, of 12-ounce bottles. And again, this is one of the few pumpkin ales that I actually like. It's a 10% ABV. It's aged in bourbon barrels. It's really good. Uh, to me, it, I think it benefits more from the bigger bottle, but I get it why they want to do it uh, in a smaller bottle. But if you have not, I, I know there are a lot of people that are not fans of pumpkin beer. I totally understand it. I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkin beers. Even when it's in season, I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkin beers. Give me an Oktoberfest. That, to me, reminds me more of, you know, of the fall and whatever. Pumpkin beers, not so much. This one, though, is one that I very much enjoy, uh, the Greater Pumpkin. If you haven't had a chance to get it, definitely pick it up. It is definitely worth uh, your time. Now, one of my favorite uh, breweries that's out in California, the Lost Abbey, they are releasing a new barrel-aged creation called Citrus Sin. Um, this was a wild ace. It started as a, a wild ale that evolved into a Oak Foders for over a year, and then they, they transferred the beer into freshly emptied wine barrels. It matured for six more months uh, after that, and then they combined it with a fresh golden ale with a lot of blood oranges that were added to it. Um, it is, uh, as they say in their press release, refreshingly crisp wild ale, notes of citrus peel, a burst of juiciness, and then it's a very dry finish, uh, thanks to the bread and oak tannins, I'm assuming from the wine. And they um, they recommend drinking it fresh because of the blood oranges, but you can cellar it 
to keep it, uh, you know, to age it a little bit more. It's interesting. Uh, very limited draft throughout the Lost Abbey Distribution Network, but it will be available in corked and caged bottles. Uh, I am interested in trying this. This sounds uh, like something really good. The one, th- the thing that I love about Lost Abbey is they make really big boozy beers, and I love the fact that they're. Port Brewing does a lot, of, you know, does their IPAs and stuff. So, I mean, really, they specialize in more heavy, boozier beers. And again, they're not for everybody. It's one of those, it's one of those things where you really have to work yourself up to those boozy beers. If you're trying craft beer for the first time and you're trying to, uh, you know, go with a big boozy 12 percent beer on the first shot, you're going to get bombed pretty quickly, and you're probably not going to enjoy craft beer as much. I've talked about this on the show before. Craft beer is about getting together with friends, good conversation, uh, music maybe, uh, and just enjoying things. It's not about how many beers can you drink. It's not about can I get drunker than the other person. That's not the point of it. The point of it is about friendship and about com- camaraderie. Um, it's about small business, which I, I you know tout all the time on the show. Small business, the lifeblood of America. Uh, when you're supporting small business, you're helping a guy put food on his table, you're helping him support his family, support the workers that work for him, whether they're just pouring beer, whether they're the brewmaster, whomever they are within that company, you're helping those people. You want to buy big beer? That's fine. Listen, believe me, there are times I'll buy Blue Point or I'll have a Goose Island or whatever. I get it. But in the end, this show is about those smaller guys and, and making sure that the guys that are making great beer succeed. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about a little trip that I took down to Jersey City uh, earlier this week uh, for a uh, recording of Steal This Beer. And for those of you who don't know what Steal This Beer is, we'll talk about it in the next segment. Uh, it's a podcast that's very popular, immensely popular, uh, that if you have not listened to it, I encourage you to listen to it because it's a great show. Very honest and forthright Um very much what I would have loved this show to be, but can't due to certain restrictions. But we'll get into that in the next segment. Finally, last bit of news here. Uh, Coronado uh, has, uh, one year after they acquired a majority stake in uh, Monkey Paw Brewing, Coronado Brewing has closed the doors to the brew pub and craft beer bar. That, according to the San Diego Union-Tribune. Uh, the closure comes about three months after Coronado unsuccessfully tried to sell the brand amid a uh, breach of contract lawsuit with Monkey Paw founder Scott Blair. Uh, Blair maintained a minority stake in the Monkey Paw business. He claimed in his lawsuit that the business owed him more than 33000 as part of an unsecured promissory note. Uh, the lawsuit is set for a September 28th hearing in May. Coronado's Brewing CEO Brandon Richards refuted the notion that a sale of the Monkey Paw business stemmed from the pending litigation, claiming instead Coronado refocusing attention on growing its core business. And he said at the time, uh, Brandon Richards, the effort that it was taking to put into the brand was really becoming a distraction for Coronado Brewing. We're talking about a 40,000-barrel brewery and a 600-barrel brewery, and we have to make sure that we're watching out for our main business. Uh, I don't disagree with that point. Coronado uh, is a very popular beer and a big beer in California itself. Um, they have uh, kind of pulled back on their expansion efforts. They're kind of concentrating on their core states, which I totally understand that. Um, but uh, in the end, they have to worry about their core business. We'll see what happens during the lawsuit uh, coming up on September 28th, and, of course, we will keep you apprised of that. When we come back after a short break, some more news and notes, and, again, I'll talk to you about a little bit about my trip down to Jersey City uh, last Monday night uh, to see Augie Carton from Carton Brewing and John Hall, the author who we've had on the show, 
Uh, we had him on a couple of weeks ago uh, to discuss his new book, Drink Beer, Think Beer. Um, and uh, an interesting uh, podcast that those two guys do called Steal This Beer. We'll get into that next, as well as some more news and notes as well. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Jay Sekula sees the president trying to negotiate peace. Well, let's explain to you what the Palestinian Liberation Organization is. Their political arm is called Fatah. So that is the PLO, but the PLO is a terrorist organization itself. The move is to shut it down because they're refusing to negotiate for a peace plan. So the United States is saying, why are we hosting them? This is the next step move into compel the Palestinians, if they want to negotiate peace, to negotiate peace. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 970, The Answer. If I say Mr. Italy, what comes to mind? To me and my family, Mr. Italy was, without a doubt, Mario Perillo. The Perillo family has been operating top-quality tours to Italy for over 74 years. They must be doing something right. Well, I say they're doing everything right. Carrying on the Perillo family tradition of excellence today is CEO Steve Perillo, making sure the business which carries his family name is nothing short of spectacular for each and every traveler. Consider the popular 14-day Italy North Classic Tour. Rome, Sorrento, Florence, Venice, and Milan. In one wonderful tour, you will see the heart of Italy and come home with memories that will last a lifetime. Maybe it's that special anniversary or a magical setting to renew your vows. That special person in your life deserves the best. Join Steve Perillo on a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. Call for the Perillo 2019 Italy brochure at 888-PERILLO. That's 888-PERILLO, P-E-R-I-L-L-O, or 888-737-4556, or visit PerilloTours.com. For simply the best travel experience of your life, Perillo. Tours. AM 970 The Answer is excited to announce the September Book of the Month giveaway from Regnery Publishing. This month's book is America First by Danny Toma. America First shows what putting America first actually looks like in terms of our relations with the nearly 200 countries around the globe. The book takes the entire world and breaks it down piece by piece, showing where America's interests lie and, just as important, where they don't. Enter to win a copy of America First at am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Hey, it's another AM970 Business Networking Breakfast. It's happening on Thursday, October 11th at the Wanakue Academic Center at Passaic County Community College right off 287. Join us for an amazing breakfast and learn how to build great business relationships during our panel discussion with Steve Adubato featuring Mitchell Modell of Modell Sporting Goods and Joan Herman host of Conversations with Joan. And, of course, Joe Piscopo, Frank Morano, Debbie Duhame, and myself will be broadcasting live 6 to 10 a.m. at The Breakfast. Register for your free tickets to the Salem Business Breakfast on October 11th at am970theanswer.com. I just looked quickly to see who was texting me. I never text and drive. I was just changing my music. My, my eyes never left the road, I swear. He was just there. He came out of nowhere in the middle of the block. Is he going to be okay? Drivers and pedestrians, see and be seen. The instant you stop paying attention could be the instant you'll always regret. A message from the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee and the New York State Departments of Health and Transportation. AM 97, The Answer. Yeah, welcome back to the Alcatulo Crab Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. You can follow me on social media very easily on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo G A double T U double L O, Facebook dot com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, 
via email at albertgnnycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. My guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Sean Torres, one of the co-owners of Killsboro Brewing located on Staten Island. It's coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. A couple of news and notes, more that we need to get to here. And um, a very popular brewery that I have not had a chance to sample yet. But I hear, I always hear great things about, and people make these pilgrimages uh, up there. And speaking of pilgrims in Boston, you know, the New England area. So nearly two years after saying on the Internet, or I shouldn't say on the Internet, but, but declaring kind of interest in opening a farmhouse brewery in Connecticut, Trillium Brewing has purchased a farm in North Stonington, which is about two hours outside of Boston. This coming from our great friends at Brewbound. And in a blog post, the husband and wife team that co-founded Trillium in 2013, JC and Esther uh, Tetrialt, uh, said they bought the farm in order to fulfill their dream of opening a farm brewery near where they were married in the, pastor- in the uh, pastoral region of Connecticut. So they talk about, um, I guess they had, they had mentioned it um, back in November 2016 in a magazine, in a Boston Magazine story. And so last year, a Trillium Group production, uh, about 22% to 18,000 barrels. Uh, 95% of Trillium's beer is sold directly to consumers, which means they're not in, you know, stores, et cetera, et cetera. This is, you know, direct. You go to the brewery, boom, you buy the beer, uh, and you go home. So what they want to do, the plan is to make Trillium Farm and Brewery into a destination brewery that produces estate-grown beers on a small brewing system. They want to do barrel-aged wild ales uh, using farmhouse ingredients. Um, the company also plans to launch an agricultural program to feed their production facilities as well as the forthcoming Fort Point Restaurant, Tap Room, and Pilot Brewery, which is slated to open later this year. They're going to hire a full-time staff to run the farm. Uh, they uh, will. The owners are going to commute to the brewery on occasion, as they described it uh, to Brubaum. Uh, you know, it's about an hour and a half uh, drive for them, an hour and fifteen minute drive for them. So they want to drive back and forth uh, periodically so that they can check out uh, the the brewery and create some different things. Um, now, they do understand that the brewery could take years. To put together, they understand that this is a long-term project for them. Uh, but for those that are excited about this, um, you know, obviously it's going to be in Connecticut. It's a shorter trip for people. Um, but now they are going to focus uh, back to opening a 15,000-square-foot brewery and full-scale restaurant in Fort Point. Um, that has been in the works since December of 2016. And uh, hopefully they're going to have that done uh, within the next couple of months and uh, be open. Now, once operational, the Farm Brewery will be Trillium's fourth location open to the public. They currently operate a production brewery and tap room in Canton, a retail storefront and small brewery in Boston's Fort Point neighborhood, and a well-trafficked seasonal beer garden in the middle of a 17-acre park uh, between Boston South Station and the North End. So this is very exciting. And they're also, in other news... Uh, the brewery is collaborating with America's Test Kitchen to brew Illustrated IPA in honor of Cook's Illustrated's 25th anniversary, the 7% ABV New England IPA featuring Valley Malt and Washington State Grown Hops will be released. Actually, is out now. Uh, this is as part of uh, Cook's Illustrated 25th birthday bash. This actually uh, was released on Friday, uh, so they're very excited about that. So good stuff from Trillium. One of these days I have to get up there. Everybody keeps telling me about the Boston beer scene that I need to get up there. And, and one of these days, I'm going to have to, my wife and I are going to have to plan a long weekend, maybe after the football season. 
We're going to have to go up there and check it out. Now, Dogfish Head's got some news out. They are um, they have produced a lot of different sour and wild ales uh, over the last 20 years. So now they're uh, launching a new program, uh, a funky wild beer program called Wooden It Be Nice. We'll play on the song. Uh, three Wild Ales Prime for uh, 2018 Milton-only release in Delaware. More releases to come in future years. Uh, the Brewers of Dogfish have already hand-bottled over 2,000 cork and caged uh, three, 375-milliliter uh, bottles, each one hand-painted with a special stripe signifying its uniquely crafted touch. Um, Wouldn't It Be Nice program opens with the release of Naughty Bits. It's a Wild Ale that's at uh, 8.2% ABV. Aged on sweet and sour cherries and rhubarb, that will be available beginning September 29th at 11 a.m. Uh, that is priced at $10 for their 375-milliliter bottle. Approximately 2,000 bottles will be available for purchase only at the Milton Brewery. And then Wet Hop American Summer in early November. This is a farmhouse sale. That's a 7 uh, and three quarter percent ABV. Uh, the beer was aged in freshly emptied Chardonnay barrels uh, for over a year with Brettanomyces. Uh, um, then let's see, they put in freshly harvested and hand selected whole leaf citra hops, still wet from the fields, got a very funky, rustic nature. Uh, this is also priced at $10 a bottle. 1500 bottles will be available for purchase at the Milton Delaware brewery. And then in mid December, the brewery is going to release Eastern seaboard. It's a wild ale. It's an 8% ABV brewed with blackberries and beach plums which is very cool. And after spending almost a year and a half aging in wine barrels, uh, the liquid was met with several hundred pounds of blackberry and eastern shore beach plums, hand-picked and selected by the brewers. So it's kind of got like that jam type of flavor to it. Um, This is also priced at $10 a bottle, and 2,000 bottles approximately will be available for purchase at the Milton Brewery. Uh, And for more information about any of these uh, beers, the Wouldn't It Be Nice bottle release dates, visit dogfish.com and, of course, their social accounts. Finally, uh, Frank Morano does a great program on Sunday mornings uh, from uh, 4 a.m. to, to uh, what is it, 4 a.m. to 7.30 and then back again at 8 until 8.30. You want to check him out uh, in the morning. And, of course, he's on with the Joe Piscopo Show, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, along with yours truly. Um, he had sent me this article uh, the other day. Uh, about Kelsey Grammer, and we had talked about this once before. Kelsey Grammer has been talking about opening a brewery uh, near uh, Margaretville, New York. It's a small Catskills village for more than two years. Now, there is still no Faith American Brewery. He named it Faith American because his daughter's name is Faith. Uh, but as of last month, there is an active license on file with the New York State Liquor Authority. It's not a brewery license. Uh, Faith American Brewery Company, LLC, has a wholesale license in the name of uh, uh, Katie Grammer, the actor's wife, the license took effect on August 7th. It expires next year on July 31st. Um, this license apparently could allow the company to have a separate brewery make the beer with Faith American marketing it as it, a wholesaler. Faith American did have another brewery, uh, Schmaltz Brewing, out of Clifton Park, uh, produced a test batch last year. Uh, Faith American's business address is at 344 Rough Road, in Margaretville, it's a little north of the village itself in the town of Middletown in Delaware County. Um, let's see. Uh, meanwhile, under his given name, Alan Kelsey Grammer, the actor has a pending license for a summer tavern wine license for a business called Fabco Odyssey. That's listed uh, license address is at 607 Rough Road in Middletown. This is kind of interesting. So um, Kelsey has talked about opening a brewery for uh, a while. He mentioned it 
couple of years ago uh, in a, a YouTube video, and then in July of last year, uh, he was on with Live with Kelly and Ryan, and he mentioned the fact that he wanted to get something going, but the, the brewery was delayed by concerns over pollution control issues. He had released a couple of videos last year, uh, or earlier this year, they took them down, um, but uh, he had been talking about this since the summer of last year, wanted to get it done, and... Um, he purchased the uh, former dairy farm about 25 years ago. I guess it was an area where he grew up and always wanted to put sort of a brewery and a winery there. This Faith American beer that he wants to create, it's a Belgian-style ale uh, with a crisp, refreshing taste of a lager. Uh, and as he described it, it's simply a delicious beer. So, of course, he had Schmaltz produce a test batch. Who knows who's going to produce the next batch here. But um, that brewery uh, that was there was sold to Single Cut uh, of Queens, they had a pending brewer's license, Faith American, at the Schmaltz address in Clifton Park, but that license was converted to the wholesale license in Delaware County. So we'll see what happens, but kudos to Kelsey Grammer. He wants to open up a uh, a brewery and a, a, a wine tasting or wine, a, kind of a, um, what did it say here? Yeah, Summer Tavern Wine License, so I guess a seasonal wine license uh, in Middletown. So kudos to Kelsey Grammer, and thank you, Frank Morano, for the uh, for the article. Very much appreciate it. I don't do commendations on my show like he does, but if I was doing a commendation, Frank Morano would get a commendation. Now, when we come back after a short break, Sean Torres, he's one of the co-owners of Killsboro Brewing, is going to join me. It's a great brewery out of Staten Island, right on Van Duzer Street, uh, not too far from the ferry, probably about a 10-minute walk from the ferry. Definitely want to check these guys out. they got a restaurant attached to it called The Craft House as well. We're going to get into it uh, with Sean and how him and his partners got started. That happens next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's here at 72 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. The waves were big and very dangerous at local beaches this weekend. Known Layton has more. The Coast Guard still searching for a teenager who went missing in a riptide at Rockaway Beach late Saturday afternoon. They believe 17-year-old Lamine Sar drowned in rough waters. His friends say he was about to graduate high school. He was a good friend, always positive vibes around him. I know him since middle school. He's just a good friend to me. And in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, a 44-year-old man tossed around and killed in rough waters Saturday evening. Police say a huge wave may have broken the man's neck and left him incapacitated in the ocean. Noam Layden, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Noam. A Newark home is destroyed following a confirmed gas leak and fire. PSE&G says that the fire has been contained. The home, located on South Devon Avenue near Rodwell Avenue in the Valesburg section, has its walls blown out and inner portions of the house are visible. It's not clear if anyone was injured. In sports, the Giants are trailing the Dallas Cowboys in the fourth quarter, 2013. Yankees lost to the Blue Jays this afternoon, 3-2. And the Mets lost to the Red Sox, 4-3. And checking on uh, the Jets and the Dolphins, well, the Jets fell to the Dolphins, 2012. Checking traffic, accident investigation still underway on the Van Wyck Northbound at Hillside Avenue. Delays are stopped from the belt. You get another crash now on the belt westbound approaching Lefferts Boulevard. Disabled vehicle on, on the FDR Drive northbound just after 116th Street. And then at the inbound GWB on the lower level, you might see some minor delays of about five minutes. Upper deck looks good. Holland Lincoln Tunnels, no delays. And the Verrazano Bridge upper level eastbound on the Staten Island side. That accident was cleared. Weather for tonight. Some clouds, low 69 degrees. You'll see cloudy skies tomorrow with some showers later in the day, high 79. 
You now know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. Lois and Richard Nakotra have been cornerstones of the Staten Island community for more than 40 years. They're the owners of the fabulous Hilton Garden Inn, Nakotra's Ballroom, Lorenzo's Restaurant, Bar and Cabaret, and above, an indoor-outdoor rooftop event space. Whatever the occasion, wedding, anniversary, corporate events, or meetings, the Nakotras can accommodate private events from 20 to 1,000 guests and everything in between. From an intimate private gathering in Lorenzo's to above and above rooftop, sophisticated modern event spaces with panoramic views of the New York City skyline. If you like great food and award-winning performers and who doesn't plan to visit lorenzo's cabaret on friday september 14th the show csn songs an evening celebrating the music of crosby stills nash and young relive woodstock classics like marrakesh express our house sweet judy blue eyes heart of gold and so much more see our very own joe piscopo performing at lorenzo's march 22nd call 718-477-2400 extension 5 that's 718-477-2400 extension 5 or book online at lorenzosdining.com a treat for the eyes ears and taste buds. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you owe more than $10,000? Are you juggling your bills only making minimum payments? Credit card companies are playing a dirty trick on you. They want you to think you must pay it all back, and that's simply not true. Credit card companies hate it when we expose their secrets. In fact, there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. National Debt Relief offers programs that help you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief is help tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $1 billion of debt. National Debt Relief has earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're also the number one rated debt relief program by top consumer reviews and top 10 reviews. Don't declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. Settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call National Debt Relief now at 800-645-1660. 800-645-1660. 800-645-1660. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970, com. Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, of course, via email at AlberG at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget, Google Play and iTunes, you just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to all the episodes uh, right from those two platforms. My next guest on the cast, he is one of the co-owners of a brewery on Staten Island, which happens to be my hometown. They've been open just about a year now, and they are just doing a fantastic job with their beers. I actually got a chance to taste them uh, back in February at the uh, kickoff for the um, uh, New York City Beer Week and uh, have been following them ever since. Uh, They have kind of a unique place. They are open inside a gastropub, which is really cool. Killsboro.com is the website for more information, or you can follow them on their Facebook page as well. Let me welcome in Sean Torres to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Sean, how are you? Good, good. How's everything, Al? Excellent, excellent. It was great to reconnect with you a few weeks back uh, at Beverage Island uh, on Staten Island. Killsboro got its start uh, the way most people do in this business, through home brewing, though. How did you meet up with your partners? So um, out of the four of us in Killsboro, three of us kind of do the um, most of the brewing. And um, one of my partners, Phil Gardner, is actually um, a childhood friend of mine. 
And uh, we got into home brewing about, uh, I would say, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it started with the, the classic uh, pot on a stove. And, um, you know, we, we sort of just fell in love with brewing and craft beer in general. Uh, home brewing is actually what introduced us to the craft beer world, not the uh, other way around. Um, funny enough, when people ask, you know, how we got into it, we were we did it because we were younger and we wanted to save money on beer. Little <laughs> did we know we would invest, you know, and then and it, it probably had the opposite effect. Yeah, but um, you, so you, said, you but, had to have tried. You had to have tried something before you decided to homebrew. I mean, people don't just homebrew uh, because they, you know, they like the taste of beer. Most people, when they taste beer for the first time, they're like, "Ugh, this is disgusting." So, what, what was the beer that that made you want to brew beer? Um, well, excuse me one second. It was probably uh, a Killian's um, Irish Red. Okay, and um, you know that that was pretty much the sort of beers we started brewing with. Um, and I would actually say a lot of homebrewers start. Um, you know, um, brewing with, uh, you know, either red ales or amber ales, mm-hmm. brown ales, sort of in that wheelhouse. Um, lagers are more difficult to start brewing, obviously, because you need fermentation control. It makes it a little bit difficult to uh, to do when, when, you know, you're starting out with just a pot on the stove. Right. Um, but, you know, those sort of beers were kind of the beers that we first started brewing. And then we got into the IPAs. Uh, and then we got into a little bit more sophisticated beer, uh, brewing styles. Um, and, um, you know, when we started sort of exploring these more um, difficult-to-brew beers, uh, that's when we started to make, um, you know, an investment uh, personally in our home brewing system, and we ended up uh, expanding into, you know, a two-vessel system, and then we moved on into a, a three-vessel system, and then we made it fully electric, um, then automated, and, you know, we found ourselves slowly emulating um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the brew systems of larger breweries, commercial breweries, um, you know, and, and a few years in, we decided, you know what, um, you know, we're kind of taking this thing seriously. We have a, a passion for it. We love brewing. Uh, maybe we should start a homebrew club. Uh, so around five years ago, uh, at, in 2012, we started, um, no, 2013, we started um, Poor Standards, which is a P-O-U-R standards, which is Staten Island's only homebrew club. Okay. Um, and in that club is actually where we met Patrick Wade, um, the, uh, the the our third partner and third brewer in in Killsborough. Um and uh, we were brewing together for a few years. Um, you know, we, we were sort of everyone in the club, you know, was helping each other out, honing their craft. Right. And uh, you know, a few years in, we started this event called Brew for Autism, uh, which was, you know, I think actually debuted around twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Right, which is held um, at Snug Harbor mo- uh, every year, correct? Yes, yes, and all the proceeds go to Autism Speaks. Um, you know, it was a big community event, get a lot of homebrewers involved, get a lot mm-hmm. of people sharing their, you know, what they're brewing. And, you know, we get like 50 different um, uh, homebrewers there, um, and I think over 50 different styles. And that's actually where we met Vincent Lima, the owner of the craft house. Uh, who pretty much approached us and was like, "We should really open a brewery." All right, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, hold, I'm gonna hold you on that part of the story for just a second. What I do want to know, though, is we're talking with Sean Torres, uh, one of the co-owners for Killsborough Brewing, Killsborough.com, the website for more information. Here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, the answer. We'll get into the whole your brewery and craft house in just a second. But what made you guys decide on the name Killsborough? Is it part Kill Van Cull in the borough of Staten Island, or was it something else? So actually, yeah, there, there is some Staten Island ties there. Um, you know, we, we were sort of racking our heads around, you know, what we wanted to name this project. And, um, you know, I think naturally what a lot of people do is they kind of um, start to look around the brewing history of, um, you know, where they grew up or, or where they're based out of. 
And, um, you know, what we found was that um, in the, you know, mid to late 19th century, um, New York City saw uh, a increase in German migrants uh, to the area. And uh, a lot of those German migrants actually preferred Staten Island out of the five boroughs to settle. Um, and the reason for that was their brewing traditions. Um, you know, a lot of people were brewing beer for themselves. Right. And, um, you know, the, the, the migrants found that the fresh runoff water um, from the top of Toad Hill, because we have the highest peak on the eastern seaboard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, down into the various kills were, um, were ideal for brewing. You know, there was it's extracting a lot of the minerals um, in that runoff. And, um, you know, it, it was the perfect water profile for their German-style beers. Um, and then they would use the hilly geography of Staten Island to lager their beers in. Um, and actually, eventually, Staten Island would see about a half a dozen breweries um, open uh, prior to Prohibition, like Peels, mm-hmm. um, Rumsum and Horman, Bach, uh, Bachman, Bechtel. Right, so so Peels, so kind of like Peels I think, if I'm not mistaken, ahead. sorry to interrupt, but Peels, I think, was the last brewery on Staten Island uh, before you guys and Flagship came along uh, to brew beer on Staten Island, correct? Well, <clears throat> That may be correct. Maybe for their size, I do know that um, Old World Brewing slash Yankee Brewing um, was actually based on Staten Island, uh, I think, in the late 90s, early turn of the century. And, um, yeah, there were smaller operations, but I do believe a a smaller brewery did exist on Staten Island that wasn't really um, uh, well well known uh, Hmm. during their time. Interesting. Um, But... Okay. Now, unlike Flagship, uh, Sean, which is not too far away from you guys, your business model went with opening within or connected to a gastropub. It's kind of, you know, I don't really know how to describe it, but um, uh, uh, which is called the Craft House, crafthouse.si.com uh, if you want more information there. Was that always the plan when you met the, the other uh, co-owner? So we actually explored a different avenues, um, a few different avenues. Um, you know, it's difficult starting in New York City because uh, of two reasons, zoning and space. So we did look around, um, you know, but we found that what we were looking to do and, and the sort of styles of beers that we wanted to brew and the capacity in which we wanted to start at, uh, opening up at the craft house was ideal. It was probably the best scenario. And so far it seems to have been the case because it allows us to be very flexible with the amount of beers we want to brew. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it gives us an opportunity to, to draw people in with food and then keep them with the beer. So, um, right. you know, that, that tandem has been working out really well for us. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, obviously there are other breweries in the New York, New Jersey area and in, and in other places around the country where it's you're a brewery first and there's food trucks that come by or whatever. But to combine the restaurant with the brew pub, if the food is fantastic and the beer is great, I mean, that's just a marriage made in heaven. Uh, where it's, it's basically a one-stop shopping, which I think is really cool. But let's talk about the beers here. And we're talking with Sean Torres, one of the co-owners uh, for Killsborough Brewing on Staten Island. Killsborough.com is the website for more information here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So uh, IPA, your, your, many of your beers are IPAs. Cheat to win is one, sleight of hand another. You also make cream ales, lay and super lay, which you don't see a lot of brewers doing uh, cream ales. Is, is cream ale one of your favorite styles, or is it more of an IPA or a sour? What, which, which is, where do you gravitate towards? So me personally, I'm kind of, you know, I don't really have a particular beer that um, I necessarily enjoy more than others, though there are beers I like to brew more than others. I'm more of a technical brewer, so the sours have been definitely uh, a lot more enjoyable for me to brew. 
Um, but in regards to the cream ale, that's actually the coconut cream ale was sort of the beer that um, brought everybody together. Um, that's Patrick Wade's uh, beer that he debuted at Buffalo Autism that Vinny Chasen was like, wow, you know, I really think this would do great here on Staten Island. Um, and that's sort of been our, like, you know, um, our, I guess, one of our brand beers. Right. Uh, people in the community know it. They they really enjoy it. They, they sort of uh, uh, search for it and are constantly asking us when we're going to re-release it. So the Super Lay was our sort of experiment on that beer mm-hmm. uh, to see, you know, how we can push it, make it a high ABV beer. Sort of one's a summer beer and the other one's a winter warmer. Um, but, um, but, yeah, that's that's sort of the the base for that cream ale sort of um, uh, 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 style that we've been brewing, at least. Now, the um, the other one that I love a lot, and my wife and I both got a chance to sample it at Beverage Island, we ended up buying a couple of cans. I probably should have bought more. Uh, but after I saw my bill and my wife looked at me, she was like, all right, we've spent enough money on, on booze. <laughs> that pineapple sour that you guys make is fantastic. And I have... I have really, over the last year, gravitated towards sours a lot more, and I think part of it is because my palate has changed from going through chemo and radiation because I had uh, I had to deal with some cancer uh, about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and and before that I couldn't stand sours, couldn't stand the taste of them, just it really bothered me a lot. But that pineapple sour you guys make is off the charts. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So that's uh, that's part of our dessert uh, dessert sour series. Mm-hmm. My apologies, and um, and the reason. For- why we call it a dessert sour is because we actually add um, uh, milk sugar, so lactose, and vanilla bean in that beer to help balance it. Um, you know, we find a lot of sours uh, can be a little too acetic, you know, a little too vinegary, and we, we kind of wanted to um, balance that out a bit to give people a sour experience while also not uh, destroying their palates. And, um, you know, when we were designing this beer, we kind of, wanted to lean towards uh, this sort of sour candy experience. Actually, one of the nicknames we give our Gimme Gimme series um, is the sort of warheads in a can. Okay. And, um, yeah, and, and the pineapple mango is actually the second canned version of our Gimme Gimme dessert sours. The first one was Gimme Gimme Blackberry Peach, and we're actually going to be canning our third sour that's on draft uh, right now at the craft house called Gimme Gimme Passion Fruit Guava. And, um, and you know, we find the marriage of the vanilla bean, the lactose, the fruit, and that sort of tartness to, to just, you know, work really well together. And, um, you know, people out in the market actually seem to really like it. It's, it's one of our more sought-after beers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we find ourselves, you know, emailing and responding to comments with, sorry, it's sold out more than, um, than, you know, where you can find it. So we're hoping to brew those styles more often. And in larger batches, but um, but, you know, it's going to take a little time for us to get there. That, that is pretty cool, and I have to tell you, both when my wife and I both sipped it, we looked at one another like, "Wow, we like this." All right, let's get it. It is a fantastic beer. It's definitely something you should pick up. I got about thirty seconds, Sean. Uh, one of the things that I love uh, about you guys, you can pre-order your cans and pick them up at your at, at at the business. How does that work exactly? So you would have to go through beermenus.com to pre-order. Okay. Um, you can find a link to pre-order uh, when, whenever we have a can release uh, through Insta- through our Instagram or through our Facebook. Okay. You can also find the link uh, on beermenus.com um, when those campaigns are actually being um, launched. Mm-hmm. So we're actually, our next can release is going to be the 29th, which is our anniversary party at the Craft House. Okay. Um, it's going to actually be the first time you'll be able to buy those beers. So there should be a pre-order 
um, link up by the 25th, so I'd definitely be on the lookout for that. Very cool. That's September 25th, and the anniversary party is on the 29th. My guest has been Sean Torres, one of the co-owners for Killsboro Brewing. They're out of Staten Island. A fantastic, they really make great beer, and I actually, absolutely have to come in to the craft house itself and try the food to pair up with the beers because I'm sure it's excellent. Killsboro.com is the website for more information, or if you want more information on the restaurant, crafthousesi.com uh, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Sean, thanks so much. Best of luck, and uh, thanks for joining me on the show tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Al. Really appreciate it. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher will give you information the mainstream media won't. The Labor Department announced that 203,000 people applied for jobless benefits last week. That is the lowest level since December of 1969. Can I repeat that? The lowest level since December of 1969. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 10, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The Answer. Football fans, are you looking for a Pittsburgh Steelers bar in New York City? Well, the search is over. Come visit Public House NYC during football season for the only place to watch Big Ben and the Steelers dominate the NFL. Whether the team is at home or away, Public House offers cheap food and drink specials for every big game. Sports fans can also inquire about reserving VIP tables for private parties and other events. Surrounded by HD TVs, guests of Public House will not miss one single minute of action. Two floors, 13 70-inch TVs, one 12-foot projector, and a bar that wraps 165 feet around Public House. Steelers Nation will be running wild in New York City. If that's not enough, Public House also offers up a -a one-of-a-kind 90-minute bottomless beer pong brunch on game days. That's right, we said bottomless. Come in from 12 to 4.30 and indulge in mimosas, Bloody Marys, and select domestic beers as you root for the Steelers. Let's go, Steeler Nation, and come wave that terrible towel at Public House NYC, the official New York City home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Army National Guard is offering up to a $20,000 enlistment bonus to qualified candidates. You may be eligible for up to $50,000 in student loan repayment or a monthly educational stipend. Learn more at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the New York State National Guard. The next Salem Business Breakfast is on October 11th at the Wanakue Academic Center at Passaic County Community College. Join Joe Piscopo for a live broadcast, along with breakfast and networking, followed by a panel discussion with Steve Adubato. Get your free tickets at am970theanswer.com. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft via email at albert G at nycradio.com, iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show. We are also Alexa ready. All you got to do is say to your Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, and you will get to listen to the show 
via your Alexa unit. Uh, audio slave Chris Cornell. Missed that guy. I mentioned it before on the show. Amazing voice, tremendous talent. It is a shame that he ended his life as early as he did. He had a lot more to offer uh, to this world. And uh, only got a chance to see him once, but uh, definitely somebody uh, that I miss uh, from a musical standpoint. Um, He was just a a phenomenal talent. Singer, songwriter, musician, amazing, amazing individual. Uh, So let's move on here to Suds and Duds, our final segment of the program. This is the segment where I tell you about all the various beers that I've had over the past week or so and uh, let you know whether I like it, which would be a Suds, or if I didn't like it, which would be a Dud. Now, full disclosure, these beers I had a number of weeks ago back in August. I'm kind of taking the month of September off from drinking, trying to lose a couple of pounds. Uh, I enjoy what I do, but, you know, listen, the the beers do put on calories. So, uh, you know, and to be honest with you, my waistline is getting a little bigger than I really want it to be. So uh, this is stuff we're going to kind of... uh, lengthen out. I think the last beer that I had was back on the 10th of September, and uh, I'm going to try and hold off for a month uh, from having anything. So that's why we've kind of backlogged the uh, uh, the beers a little bit. But let's kick it off with Kicking Knowledge by Barrier Brewing. Uh, I'll tell you, the guys from Barrier, we've had Brian Wingen on the program, and I was first introduced to Barrier by a uh, good friend of the show, Buddy Watson. Uh, these guys just consistently knock it out of the park with their beers. They are fantastic. I really need to get over to the tap room. Uh, in Oceanside uh, over in Queens. This one, the Kicking Knowledge, fantastic. It's creamy, vanilla, like a milkshake, yet tastes like an IPA. It's odd, but it really does work. I know that a lot of people don't like lactose in their beers. They don't like a lot of that type of flavor in their IPAs. This works. It just works. It's got everything that you kind of want out of it. It's almost, I don't want to say that it's a dessert beer, but it's almost like that. Um, Sean Torres told us about the pineapple sour uh, earlier in the program uh, from uh, Killsborough about how their pineapple sour is more of a dessert beer. You could drink this for dessert, certainly. Now, the next beer that I had, the Half Cup by Common Roots, roasty, tasting a little fudge, a little espresso, chocolate, nutty. Um, it doesn't have a, a, a big ABV to it. It is really, really good. These guys, uh, Common Roots Brewing, uh, this is their half-cup uh, beer. Uh, this is another one that Buddy had given me. This is fantastic. This is one, if you're looking for a stout that's not too heavy alcohol-wise, this is definitely the beer that you want to try. Uh, without a doubt, it's got all the, the that kind of after-dinner type of, of um, booze that you want in it uh, without being too strong. So this is another really good one uh, that I liked a lot. This would go. You know what this would go good with? A nice fudge brownie. Fudge brownie and half cup by Common Roots, that's the way to go. Something chocolatey. You need. I know it sounds like it's too much chocolate, but there's that espresso flavor in there and that nuttiness in there. I think the brownie would, would kind of complement that uh, very well. It's not a contrast. It would definitely complement it uh, a lot. So I would uh, encourage, if you're looking for a stout... Uh, with a lower ABV, the half cup by Common Roots Brewing is definitely the way to go. Uh, as we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, Frosted Flakes by Magnify. <clears throat> I have to admit, this was not bad. Good hop and bitterness, but I wasn't really getting any of the sweetness. If it's supposed to taste like Frosted Flakes, you're supposed to have that kind of hint of cereal flavor. I didn't get it out of this. I've not been a big fan of Magnify. Uh, I think a lot of their stuff is kind of... 
I don't want to say off to me. It just doesn't it it doesn't work with my palate. I I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I know there are a lot of people in New Jersey who love Magnify, who swear by it. I, me, I'm kind of they're hit or miss. Some of their stuff is good. Some of their stuff is kind of eh. it's not terrible. I'm not saying it's not. I'm I'm not saying it's to the point where don't drink it. But it's also it's one of those things where if I'm looking at uh, a bunch of different taps and I have to choose a selection, I'm going to opt for other stuff before I pick Magnify. Now, if all that's left is kind of Coors Light and Budweiser, well, of course I'm going to go with the Magnify, regardless of what it is, because I want to drink a local uh, fresh beer. But again, if I had to choose on a tap, you know, on a tap line, Magnify is probably going to be one of my last choices. Had a The Punk with the Stutterer by Single Cut. This is great. Nice, bitter, great flavor, tropical, so smooth going down. Single Cut makes fantastic beers. I'm not crazy about their price point in New Jersey, um, but, you know, it is what it is. But still, if I can get a a single cut on tap, I I certainly gravitate towards it. This is another great brewery out of New York that is doing fantastic work, and if you haven't tried them yet, you absolutely should. A Wrench Northeast IPA by Industrial Arts. One of the best from these guys. Juicy, just really good. They just Another brewery uh, just bursting on the scene a couple of years ago, knocking it out of the park, really doing great stuff uh, with it. Had the cane head high there, 1,000th batch, uh, over at my favorite place to go and sample beers and eat food, Paragon Tap and Table. Big fan of head high. This one is good. It's not their best, in my opinion, on their 1,000th batch. I was not crazy about the dry finish. On certain beers, I do like a dry finish. This one... A little off-putting for me. Um, I understand why they did it. it. To me, though, I wish they would have kind of maybe not done that. But listen, you know, as the brewer, you have creative license and creative freedom to do what you want. They wanted to do it this way. They wanted a little bit more of a dry finish. So I wasn't crazy about it. You might be if you get a chance to uh, check it out. You, uh, you certainly should uh, jump on it. And then finally, uh, to finish off the segment here, uh, the brewery Terex makes fantastic beers. One of their reps sent me a, a, a bottle of, uh, and I forget the name off the top of my head, uh, kind of a wild sour ale or whatever it was. It was phenomenal. Uh, can't find the email. I have to find the guy's contact. I would love to get some more stuff from them. But uh, Paragon had the Tart of Darkness with Black Currants. This was uh, from this year. It is one of the best beers that I've ever had. It is phenomenal. If you see it on tap somewhere, I encourage you to try it. Uh, vanilla, coffee, tart, sour, all these different flavors combined, and it works. It's boozy. It's strong. It's not for the faint of heart, but it is fantastic. It is a perfect after-dinner beer. It is definitely something that I would not suggest that you get um, before dinner or during dinner. It's something that needs to be appreciated after dinner. Save a little room in your stomach, skip dessert, maybe not eat as much, but definitely as an after-dinner drink, this knocks it out of the park. Tart of Darkness with Black Currants by Brewery Terex. It is fantastic. I cannot, I'm, in fact, the story goes at Paragon, it took them two years to get the keg, and, you know, I think they, they probably kicked the keg in a week. I mean, it's that good. It's so good. Well, maybe not a week. Maybe maybe a few days sooner than that. It's fantastic. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and if you see it somewhere, again, Tart of Darkness with Black Currants by Brewery Terex, I encourage you to purchase this uh, a glass of this beer. If you find it in a bottle somewhere, 
definitely pick it up. If I see it somewhere, there is not a question in my mind that I'm I'm not going to buy just one. I'll probably buy two or three, sell or two of them, and let them age a little bit and see how the flavors come out, without a doubt. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Sean Torres, one of the co-owners of Killsboro Brewing there on Van Duzer Street on Staten Island, uh, right next to the uh, Craft House. You definitely want to check them out. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.